you're back with the Spice Cast. I'm your host for this evening, Ben Joe. And we have Mr. Joshua Dodd here tonight. He brought some uh, really big names through Huntsville now, pretty recently, right? It's been like, uh, when did you do the Doyle show? Uh, oh, shit. That was uh, November 2015. So. Oh, yeah. Man, time flies. But <laughs> I think about year six, seven months ago, yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, thanks a ton for coming in and talking to us, man. Like, thanks for we appreciate me, it. And, uh, yeah, you had Doyle in here. What what prompted you to get into, like, uh, starting shows and stuff? Had you been doing it a long time? And um, I Well, I was in a, I was in a little band uh, about three three years ago, four years ago. It's, it's been a while, um, called Listeria. Mm-hmm. Um, and that it kind of started there because I, I would kind of fetch shows for us or I would book shows, and it always kind of wound up being – Especially when we played in town, it was always like I put the shows together, and, and, right. and I I kind of had over time I developed kind of a it, for us a system of, of like well if we're booking the show like this is how I want it to be you know like mm-hmm. and and paying attention just detail and like who goes where and and what type of band should be here and like but it always came from not as a band what would be cool but like if I'm paying money to see us yeah. What would I want to see, or what would I think is cool, or what would, you know, what would add to the element of like when I walk away that night, I'm like, God, that's you know, that's a cool show, right? You know, um, it just kind of started there, and I, you know, I would have little bursts and stuff like that, and then I kind of started getting into booking other people's shows, and mm-hmm. just from there, it 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 grew and then I kind of took a break for a little bit, but everybody kind of started telling me they're like, you know, you should <laughs> really, they're like, you should really, you know, professionally get into it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, I tossed it around for a while and then I started getting into recording work. Um, I did that for, it was, I was at the time I was doing, had been doing that for about a year. Mm-hmm. And then the Doyle thing just kind of fell in my lap. Right. Um, you know, and and much credit to Mike Horgan because he was one of the key players that helped me put that together. Mm-hmm. Um, as as many other people that anybody that was there saw, we had an extensive fucking crew. Sorry, am I allowed to say fuck? <laughs> you you've done it. It's cool. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, we it it, it the, the story is kind of funny because it, that show particularly just really started as us sitting around drinking. Uh-huh. And I think Mike was talking to Alex or something, and it just kind of just snowballed from there, you know. And before I knew it, it was like, oh crap! Like we have a misfit coming to Huntsville in three weeks, and I have only three weeks to plan this <laughs> oh, show. Oh man, three weeks! Yeah. yeah, that's pretty rough. Like I don't think people know how much like detail, and I think a lot of local know-how is really useful in in booking shows because you got the venue. And the crowd that's going to come to the venue, and then you've got the crowd that's going to come see each band or whatever, mm-hmm. and then you have the lineup, which matters a lot, especially if you have touring acts that are are unknown or known or vice versa, you know. So you have to you have to manage like expectations and all. It's a lot of a uh, useful. It's useful to know your crowd. It seems like. Yeah, it, it's. You know, one thing with booking is is you know the word adaptable comes to mind, but really what it is is you constantly have to be you have to be willing to get fucking weird yeah sorry um <laughs> you're good you're good 
you have to be willing to get weird. You have to be willing to try different things. And and when I say get weird or try different things, it's not like I'm going to book this reggae, ska, dubstep, deathcore band. <laughs> like it's, you know, well, I'm really into this person and, and they've got, you know, some popularity, but, you know, out of my friends, I'm the only one that listens to them, but I know mm-hmm. this person is, is rather big. Right. Let's put them in Huntsville and see what happens. Yeah, you know? yeah. Now, grant you, with, with Doyle, it was kind of a no-brainer on that one because it's most people who've lived here more than a year know this is pretty much a Misfits town. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was just, yeah. I think, oh, God, we had it. That was the most massive PA system I'd ever assembled at that point. <laughs> I had to borrow, like, three three PAs we had to we had to go rent a, a stage we wound up renting the stage from this like wedding supply place or uh-huh. something. scrambling to find yeah three weeks is not a lot of time when you think about all the uh the parts that are throwing into that oh I, I didn't I didn't sleep at all <laughs> like, and we had like 13 production meetings in three weeks like it, oh my gosh it was just insane and it what was what was even funnier is we actually we shot video of that night too and, and mm-hmm. i was going back and listening to it and editing it and stuff and through the camera audio the fucking sound was so uh-huh. intense that you can the the t-clamps under the stage that hold it together and stuff like yeah. you can hear the bass frequencies just <laughs> rattling them so you just hear this constant like pinging sound uh-huh. like, but of course like when you were on stage, because I performed that night too, but yeah. Long Sheep. When you're on stage, you don't hear that because it's right under you. All you you feel the vibrations, so right. the whole stage is just going, you know. Um. But that that show is kind of what kicked it off for me, as far mm-hmm. as like really really digging my claws into booking. Um, yeah. Because I kind of learned from that, you know, like. I if people have seen I've been doing a lot of bigger names and stuff like that and it, and it's not that I don't enjoy booking local shows or anything uh-huh. like that it, it's more of I went through this period where like I would just constantly hear people say like oh you know nothing cool ever comes here there's nothing yeah. cool to do or there's no cool shows to see or nobody big comes here and it was like I just got I'm like you got sick of hearing the, ex- the excuses, kind of. <laughs> yeah, and, and and in a way, you know, and it's not to, it's not to discredit any any local promoters or anything, but there were a number of them, or in a number of venues that I would go to and see shows where mm-hmm. I was just like, man, they're just they're just doing it wrong, right? Like, and and you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not necessarily like God's gift to booking or anything like that, but I just you know, for a while, I was just like, you know. There, it, I was just like, it, 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 they're doing it wrong, you know. If if it was me, I'd do it this way, and it, like mm-hmm. I would I would remap shows in my head, you know. Right. So, well, you have to think a lot about that when you're booking for yourself, and that's it's kind of surprising that you like stuck with it because it seems like that's a job not many people envy in the band. They're like, oh, who has to deal with all the booking? You know what I mean? Did you just enjoy it from day one, or were you just like really good at it? You're like, I guess I need to do it. Um. I think more of it was like I had already been doing live sound work, right? So I was kind of used to the whole stage crew uh, mindset. And for me, you know, other than being on stage playing, it just it's kind of where I feel the most at home. 
Mm-hmm. So it, especially on those bigger shows, it's it's literally like it, it's like a drug because it's it's so much pressure and everything's just and you have to think in five different directions at once. And right. You have to always be on your toes. Like like with the Doyle thing, like they they threw a band on the tour the night before they showed up in Huntsville. <laughs> and good good band, Element A four forty, like good band, but it was like we were setting up and we had everything at that point, like just it, it was there. Everything was good. It was written down. It was mapped out. And then they're like, Oh yeah, by the way, here's another band. Right. We're like you know, what are we gonna do with these guys? Like they got some horns, they have uh an organ. Yeah. <laughs> um but yeah, it's 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 truly in those bigger show environments for me personally, it's it's where I feel the most at home because yeah. especially as the sound guy, like you're you're in control of every fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Like you're the guy that either like a common saying is is like the best sound guys are always heard, never seen. Right. And for those of you that don't know exactly what that means, that always means the best sound guys are heard because if they do their job well, people appreciate it and they comment on it. Mm-hmm. But they're never seen. Right. You know, like we're the guys that are that are first, you know, first in, last out. Mm-hmm. Um but from there, I, I think six months, eight months after that, I did the first Richie Ramone show just as a sound guy. And, you know, I, I handled a few things with that, too. And I, I just it just kept dawning on me. I was like, you know, if I could find somebody that was willing to just put the money behind me, I, was right. like, I, think, I, I think I could make a good run at this, you know. Well, it seems like you kind of approached it from us like, what, what do I want to see? Like out of a show, and like what's gonna, what's gonna, what's gonna, you know, be the next new aspect of a show that's gonna really pull people and have them interested and invested. Well, you know, from uh, from a personal standpoint, because I've had a few people come up recently, and, and you know, they they talk to me about like that, you know, I'm I'm like, you know, you, you're doing so much for the scene by doing this and this and that and the other thing, and 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 it's it is for the scene, but it isn't. And, mm-hmm. and when I say that, it 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 is for the scene because what a lot of people have not really realized it, and this is the way it used to work in most of the the you know i guess OG Huntsville music crowd that still is is around back then you know the way it worked was big bands would come to town and local bands would open mm-hmm. and you know i've i've only lived here I've lived here six years. I've been active in the music scene about five, a little more than five, maybe. Um, so essentially, you know, fast forward to now, I'm trying not only to book, not only to book things I want to see, but at the same time, the other filter for that is like, is it going to put asses in seats? Mm-hmm. Like, because. Booking what you want to hear is great, but at the end of the day, we're all trying to make money at this. Right, know? right. Like, and we, and I know some people will debate, you know, well, you should do it because you love it. And, then, you know, and I do love what I do. I love every minute of it. It's the most stressful thing I've ever done, <laughs> but it is by far the most enjoyable. Right. Um, Those things come together sometimes. Yeah. You <laughs> it know, seems like. But at the end of the day, like, I, I made a vow to myself a very long time ago. 
especially when I moved here, I was like, I'm going to do this for better or worse, and right. I'm going to make a living doing this. I don't yeah. know how. I don't know if it's going to be playing a guitar or singing or whatever, but I'm mm-hmm. going to make a living doing this. So uh, fast forward uh, now, you know, it's like I'm trying to be, I, other. I'm booking things I want to see, and I'm booking things that are drawing people that other yeah. people want to see. Right, right. On top of that, I know the way this needs to work is that these bigger bands that are coming through, these I need to start putting local bands with them. Mm-hmm. So, in in a sense, I'm I have always kind of wanted to create that platform because that's how we start drawing attention to this town. Oh, for sure, and get linked up with all the like regional people and all that too. Like there has to be some dialogue and right, you know, interplay because after talking to a, a Michael Graves booking agent, Richie, Richie Ramone's booking agent, several others, like a lot of the reason that big names don't come through here is because people just don't consider Huntsville a stop. Mm-hmm. And even though it's like in the middle of a bunch of other like mid-level cities, yeah, right? We're, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're two hours from Nashville, four hours from Atlanta, two hours from Birmingham. Right. Like that makes zero sense why mm-hmm. we're not getting anybody. So finally, you know, uh, Maggie Myers kind of stepped up. They'd kind of been keeping an eye on me and they kind of stepped up and they said, you know, you, you seem to have a pretty fair idea of what you're doing. You know, we don't know exactly the ins and outs of everything or what you do, but you know, we kind of want, they were kind of looking for the same thing, but they just didn't really know it in, in the sense that they were wanting to do something different. They were wanting to, kind of separate themselves from you know your standard run-of-the-mill bar in Huntsville Mm -hmm. and you know so far I feel like I do feel like we're headed in that direction yeah very cool well yeah we'll take a quick break and we'll be back with Joshua Dodd uh booking agent from around here I was like I need I need a fancier title for you Sir Joshua Dodd of oh I guess so many nicknames um (laughs) Yeah, what's some good ones? <laughs> well, the- really shaking her head like she doesn't want she doesn't want these to be spoken. <laughs> well, uh, there's uh, got to be a one, at least one that's acceptable enough. <laughs> common one is either the Viking or Viking. The um, Viking. Boneyard Mafia recently dubbed me Thormonger Virgin Splitter. Thormonger Virgin Splitter. No. Joshua um, Dodd Thor comma Thormonger. <laughs> Virgin Splitter. I think that that's gonna stick. I mean, it's a long title, but it's got so much uh, artistic (laughs) description behind it that that it like. (laughs) Well, I I was the one that did their their new album they're about to release, and and I actually uh, helped write. uh, I think seven seven of the songs. Nice. I I played bass on all the tracks, and I played guitar on a few tracks. So like, they're like, whoa. You know, even though it's only for the album, like technically you're in the band, so you need a nickname. Yeah. And I was like, well, I was like, I was like, I can't even touch your guys' humor. I was like, so whatever you guys come up with, like, <laughs> just like it, that's that's y'all's thing. I'll, I'll go yeah. with whatever, you know. And then they they kind of toss around names and like Thormonger. I'm like, works for me. <laughs> but nice. We'll be right back. That's from Spice Radio. Joshua Dodd, right here at Spice Rex Studios.
everything is what she is Anywhere is where she's from Anytime is where she'll be Anything as long as it's mine and the door it opens is the way back in Or is it the way back out? Walk on You're back. We got Joshua Dodd here in the studio to talk about some upcoming shows and stuff. And uh, we're speaking just a minute ago about like how how the Huntsville. I mean, Huntsville's been growing. Uh, there's a lot of money, people, all sorts of stuff like flowing into town, and the industry's kind of changed a lot. I wanted to ask yeah. you like your perspective on it. Over, it's like I guess you've you've been here what six years. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a unique perspective because you came in uh after it was j- not just from the beginning but like in the midst of things so you want to talk about that a little bit yeah uh when i came in i think it was late 2011 and then i started playing my own shows later part of 2012 but i it's since 2011 i kind of been like watching what was going on and back then you know i was <clears throat> young 19 year old kid and i was just eager you know just as much as i am today to just soak up anything i could get my hands on and and anything i could see people i could talk to and stuff like that and you know it just it kind of thinking back on it it kind of felt like the 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 scene elders or or whatever you want to call them that a lot of the people that you know were had had run stuff in the past and it had, had put stuff together. They just kind of disappeared. And this younger generation took over that was really fucking trying to do something. They just mm-hmm. didn't have anybody to say like, Hey, try doing it this way instead. Right. They were just making the same mistakes that everybody makes when they're yeah, and, and starting you, out <laughs> from you, scratch. You still had some, you know, you still had a lot of the older, older, uh, musicians and, 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 and active people in the scene around like, you know, cancer slug. They, they've been around for, years and years and years um but the one the one true thing that has stayed consistent that i felt that huntsville lacked for a long time was one identity mm-hmm. like there's so much talent in this town there's yeah, yeah. so much diversity and genre and 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 you know not everything is my cup of tea per se but at the same time i'm i'm I guess insightful enough to recognize like, Hey, that could, you know, that could sell tickets. That could sell tickets. Yeah. That looks cool. You know? Yeah. Um, excuse me. Um, <laughs> but that, you know, first and foremost, the one thing I've seen that's been lacked is, is identity. And cause I would talk to some of these older cats and they'd be like, yeah, man, back in the early nineties, you know, we were considered a thrash capital and this and that and the other thing. And I'm like, well, where did that go? Right. You know, like, I mean, San Francisco is still listed as a thrash capital, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think more so than that, 
and and part of the reason it appears that way is because there are so many diverse subsets within Huntsville. You have your punks and then your metalheads and then your acoustic guys and then, you know, uh your folk rock guys and, and, and there's like I said, there's just so much diversity that it's hard to really say like Huntsville's a blues town, you know. Yeah. Um And a, a real big motivating factor for me in anything I've really been involved in that's really started anything I've been involved in has been, you know, I think of something and I'll sit on it for a while. And by a while, I mean, you know, three, four or five months, something like that, or mm-hmm. maybe longer. Um, and then I kind of say, think to myself, well, if I was going to do this, this is the way I would do it. And then by then, if I still don't see people, like, if I don't still don't see somebody that might be trying to do the same thing I'm doing, I go out and do it and create right, right. whatever it is I'm wanting to see or hear or whatever environment yeah, it is, yeah. you know? And that's kind of what I, uh, that's kind of been my mission with taking over the booking at Maggie's and doing mm-hmm. the shows that we're doing there. Yeah. Is, you know, fill the kind of void in the gap, kind of. Yeah, well, you know, since since Crossroads closed, we don't really get a whole lot of, of huge names that come mm-hmm. through unless they're at VBC or uh, down down the way over in Madison at Eleventh uh, Frame because uh, Mushroom Head came through there. Um, and you know, I, I just like we were talking about earlier. Like, I just I kept thinking, man, I was like, somebody needs to do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and if I was like, if I had money behind me, uh-huh. like I, I know I could create not only a a constant spectacle for people to be, because it's like I if I can bring shows here that most people would drive to Nashville and pay twenty to thirty dollars to see, like yeah. why not do it? Oh yeah, for you sure. Know? And then on top of that, it's creating an environment for all these local bands. Now they have a bigger platform. Mm-hmm to play with people that have recognition, have names, and are going to draw people that will watch these opening bands that may have never heard of them before or ever even cared to see them. Well, Um, I I bet having the experience in, like, uh, as a sound person, as a production person, uh, that's important because there there are, like, a lot of the the bigger names, they're pickier about certain sound elements and stuff, but it does take a lot of uh, cohesion and stuff to put on a good show, especially with a big setup or something. Yeah, it's as a I don't even know what the hell you would call it. Um, <laughs> I guess as as a showrunner, um, you know, including the fact that I wear the hat of, of sound guy as well. It's kind of it's kind of like being a painter in a way, mm-hmm. because it's it's not only on the level of like what bands would I like to see or you know. Like, what type of music would I like to hear? Mm -hmm. It's more from, it it starts at that, and then it goes to, like, well, if I'm going to book these bands, then how would it look? Okay, it looks like that. Like, what type, you know, what type of mix would I have for them on the sound? And it's Mm -hmm. just, like, in terms of shows, that's how my brain works, is it's it's detail after detail after detail, like, as as much as I can. In some some shows, I'm limited, and I can't really have access to, to... carve out those details but at the end of the night you know i'm able to sit back those last 10 minutes of a show 
I don't have to do anything. Right. Just by that enjoy point, it. <laughs> yeah. Cause by that point it's like, well, it's as good as it's going to get. Right. <laughs> so I just get to sit back and watch the thing I've, I've sculpted. I didn't create it, but I sculpted and, yeah, and, yeah. and placed everything just so, you know, for sure. So well, you've got Michael Graves coming in the 21st with the Go-Go Killers and the Moose. And uh, they're all playing acoustic sets, which is pretty interesting if you've heard the Go-Go Killers before. Yes. They're they're like a power power group. Like they've got a lot of uh, literal electricity going behind there on some of their shows. So yes. how did you get the idea for that one? It, it... Um, well, originally, you know, I had been hearing Michael's name quite a bit mm-hmm. and... and you know, I I, th- I believe he just put out a new. Basically, he put out a new acoustic album, which is why he's doing the the tour that right. he's doing. Um, so I kind of started looking into it and, and following him and, and seeing what he was doing, and I, uh, I was like, saw that he was supposed to be coming through Birmingham. I said, well, you know what? Just for kicks and giggles, you know, I'll uh, contact try to get a hold of a booking agent or try to contact him and see, you know, just see what happens. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, see what, how outrageous his guarantee is. So at least I get a chuckle or something out of it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I sent an email to this address he had on his Facebook page. I think like a day or two later, I get this, this phone call from this, uh, uh, number in Pompano beach, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I answer the phone, and the, I can tell it's this little old lady on the other side. And uh, she goes, "Hi, I'm I'm Michael Michael Graves' booking agent." And I'm like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Well, that's that's weird, considering he lives in New England, that he would have a uh-huh. booking agent in Florida." Yeah. <laughs> but I guess weirder things have happened. And you know, she she's been a hoot, and she's been a pleasure to deal with. But it was just funny at first because most booking most booking agents today are very up to date. They're very modern. You know, email is a standard. Yeah. Like, I you know when I got when I had his contracts, like I had to physically like she physically mailed me the contracts. Right. And I had to physically mail them back, which is uh-huh. for most people that don't know before the internet. That's how <laughs> that's how that stuff was done. You know. Like people, you, people have never put a stamp on things. Yeah, well, you know. Oh yeah, there's tons of them now. I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> which is bizarre to think about, but it's it, it's it was just it caught me off guard because yeah. it was like, well, can't you just email them to me? And <laughs> she was, I didn't even ask her that, but she was like, I just, you know, I just can't get into this whole email thing, and it, I just, you know, I just rather send the contracts to you. And I'm like, okay. I was like, it takes longer, but okay. Um, what's your fax number? Oh, that was, that was a whole nother conversation with her. Um, but you know, it, it, it was interesting cause we got his guarantee and we were able to meet it. Yeah. And I was like, well, we, I was like, he's, he's low enough. I was like, we got to do this show. Like, you know. It's not a full band. It's an uh-huh. acoustic, but at the same time, he is or was or, or or you know however you want to look at it, a misfit, and he was a, a part of a, a, an important era in that band. You know whether you're a Danzig fan or a Graves fan or a Jerry Only fan or all three. Graves had his purpose in that band, and he had a lot of success. Uh huh. So we were just like you know, 
it how you know how cool would it be to have the second misfit in two years in Huntsville? Right, right. You know, collect them all, man. Yeah, you know. <laughs> next thing, you know, next we're working on Danzig. Um, mm-hmm. So we we got that show finalized and everything, and I started trying to find openers and stuff, and I I just started thinking about it, and I was like, well. Everybody else just kind of wanted to stick rock bands in front of him and call it a night, you know, which is fine. It's just not interesting. Right. And when I say interesting, I mean interesting in a good way. Like, wow, that that was pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. so we thought about it for a while and it was like, well, what if we did an all acoustic night? Well, if we do an all acoustic night, we don't want to have the typical performers, the, you know, just blow and go acoustic performers. Yeah. You know, we want to create each act that gets on stage before him. We want to create like memorable moments and, and things like that. You know, things that we'll see in photographs and fa- on Facebook the next day yeah. or whatever. So I was like, well, what two local bands would I want to hear acoustic music out of? Like, you know, rock bands. And of course, immediately, the Go Go Killers popped into mind, like you know, because it, it, you know, it, people have have made the comment that they're very crampsish, you know, which is true, and and they make no bones about that, you know, they're, you know, uh, Alabama Sharp doesn't deny his biggest influence is Lux Interior, mm-hmm. um, you know, as as well as people like Link Ray and stuff, but he. Also, as as long as I have known him, has always kind of been a visionary mm-hmm. in the sense that, you know, just when you think you've got him cornered and you've got him pegged, he hits you out of left field with something. Right. So the fact that I came to him and I was like, hey, how hard would it be to transpose all your music into acoustic music? He was like, that's awesome. You know, like, <laughs> um, and then the next band, The Moose, that, again, was kind of a no-brainer because... You know they're a, a, a kind of a southern rock stoner band from Cortland, Alabama, and mm-hmm. all the, all those boys grew up playing acoustic guitars and yeah, stuff yeah. when they were younger. And once we had all those guys lined up and finalized, it was just like step back, and it was just like there it is, right? You know, like, and that's those are the most satisfying shows is when you build the lineup and you're like, I don't have to do anything else with this right. because the lineup is so solid, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, for sure. And the fact is, is, you know, one of the things we talked about when I booked the Go-Go Killers and the Moose is like, they're like, well, you know, we're really interested in doing this because we think it'll turn out really cool. But, you know, we all kind of decided that this would be kind of a one night, one night only performance. Yeah. You know, um, just because... You know, we all know acoustic music is is good, but it, having it just over and over and over, it, mm-hmm. it, it gets old real quick. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, you'll never see the uh, a typical Go Go Killer show mm-hmm. is never the same twice. Uh-huh. You know, um, so and, and the biggest thing we the only thing we really feared though is with that being on a Tuesday. You know, and and people having to work and stuff, but you know, we we tried to get this to start as early as we could. You know, mm-hmm. also to give people a chance because you know, more than likely, Michael will probably you know hang around a little bit afterwards and you know talk to fans and stuff like that. And 
you know, there'll probably be a bunch of people with misfit stuff that want him to sign it or whatever. You're right. And, but we felt strongly about it enough and, and responses have been amazing towards this that, you know, it made it more of a reality that we could do a show like that on a Tuesday night and not oh, have yeah. to worry about like people not showing up because of, of work or they're yeah. too tired or whatever. It's like, well, you know, how often is Michael Graves going to come to Huntsville? Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's another one of those like aspects of booking people don't think about is like, well, one that we run into in Alabama is like, oh wait, there's an LSU versus Alabama game that night. Right. Like you'll set up something and be like, oh wait. <laughs> the half the state will be shut down. No right. one will be out of their houses. And so, you know, that's <laughs> bizarre thing, random things like that. Well, and, and that's, <laughs> that's always the challenge as a booker in the state and pretty much the entire Southeast. Right. Um, is it gets a little bit more difficult around football season. So you have to work that much harder at creating something that's going to get people off their couches yeah. and away from those TVs. Right. Know? Yeah. Hey, fighting the good fight. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, Alabama football is still going to be there. Yeah. It's not not that I have anything against it. You know, Roll Tide, War Eagle, all that good stuff. Um, Hail Saban. Yep. Um, <laughs> but, you know, you want you want, you want want to get people active and participating, and, and, and you want to... Well, you have to, you have to show them that, like, good things can happen in Huntsville. Yeah, you know, it, it's, <laughs> it's, it's like the, the other show we'll talk about soon um the dwarves and richie ramon you know yeah like i you know i i knew who the dwarves were when, when i mm -hmm. booked that but i had no idea the fan base that they have in this town you know it's it's quite comparable to the, the misfits fan base here yeah um and it was it was just the response to that was just astronomical i mean not to mention we've got cancer slug Opening for Richie, Richie Ramone mm -hmm. and the Dwarves. Yeah. Um, and then uh, uh, local band uh, property as well. Um, it that that's kind of another aspect of my style of booking is you'll never see a run of the mill show from me. You'll never right. see another. I, I I put it this way. <clears throat> One of the biggest contrivances I guess I had for a long time with a lot of shows is like I would go to see shows and the bands were freaking great, like gr good songs, good players, and everything. But it was just like sitting in the crowd. I'm like I feel like I'm just watching a rehearsal. Uh huh. And it's like I don't want to pay five or ten dollars to go watch somebody rehearse their songs. Like I want to mm -hmm. see a show. I want to see the lead singer stage dive or, or I want to see people bleeding or, or, you know, yeah, not at every show, of course, but, um, <laughs> you know, you want to see something that makes you feel something, yeah. you know what I mean? Cause if I just wanted to listen to your music, I would buy your album and go home and listen to it. Mm -hmm. right? When I come and pay money to see you play, I want to see, you know, put on a show. Right. Right. Yeah. You know? I think that guy kind of with the, uh, that it seemed like the internet kind of like, Lowered the bar in some way where there was a lot of music out there, mm -hmm. but it seems like there was a lot of dilution in live shows too, where it's just like, oh, it's a guy in some jeans and he's playing a song, yeah. and like that happens so much that it's like when you see when you really get to a show where it's like there's interaction or there's some aspect to it that's more interesting. It's really like 
you remember, like, that's what it's about. You know? Exactly. Kind of the, and, and, you know, with, like, some of the more extreme styles of metal and then grunge and stuff like that, it just, over time, there became this aesthetic with, with rock bands or metal bands in general um, that, you know, it's like, well, you know, we got we, we want to look like our fans because we want to connect with our fans and stuff like that. And, th- and that's cool, and it still works yeah. for some people. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, you can't say that and then want to be... At the top. <laughs> at, at the top or, or want to be, uh, you know, this is a controversial term. You can't say that and then want to be is a rock star. Uh-huh, like, yeah. If you're a rock star, go be a rock star on stage. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's what you're there to do. Like, well, that aspect just, like, leans itself towards laziness, too, you yeah. know? Where it's like, oh, there's no... There's no high stress. There's no high energy. It's just like, it's just, you know, we're playing these songs as they are. Yeah. And that that's, you know, back to booking. That's, that's the whole thing is like, that's my, again, controversial word, rock star moment of, uh-huh. you know, each show I do, I'm like, this is something that people may never see again. Right, right. You know what I mean? Like, this is something unique. It's something that people know that they're going to see something that that's just like they're not going to be able to like. It's going to rile them up. Yeah, you know, <laughs> because I mean, part of like you were saying with the internet, what kind of killed that is now. Now, like, if you want to see Metallica play, like, type in Metallica on YouTube. There's fifty thousand videos. Yeah, but nothing will ever beat standing at, in a Metallica concert. Right. It, you know what? Like them or don't. It, it's it's an experience. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, and fortunately enough with, with, you know, being able to have, you now have a a place that's like, you book it, well, you know, we'll back it. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but, you know, a lot of the musicians and a lot of the people that are, are great supporters in our scene have kind of started seeing what I'm doing and they've gotten behind it as well, you know? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the Danger Dolls. You know they mm-hmm. they they've been uh, they've been coming out to pretty much all the events I've done, and they show their support not only because they want to be a part of the music scene just as much as anybody else, but they mm-hmm. actually you know they like the music. You know, like the Coffin Cat show we just had uh, end of February, like that was the Thursday night, and we had what was it almost a hundred people in the building. Oh, on awesome, man. Yeah, on a Thursday night. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's... It, if you book the right names, you can draw anybody any day. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, you could draw them on a Sunday morning if it was if it was Jim Morrison playing, right. you know? <laughs> hey, that helps, though. Like, bring in... I think when people see, like, a successful show or just... It helps re-energize a lot of different aspects of, of um, the art scene, too. Yeah. Just in general. Because yeah. there is so much... I mean, there's so many people that complain about, like, oh, the scene is dead, or the scene is blah, blah, blah. But they're, like, every one of those people is part of it, you know? It's like, well, if they showed up to every show, or they or they were involved in the booking or something, then it well, may be a little bit different, you know? Well, I, it's like, I, it's easy to complain, but... I don't know if you guys are, are uh, wrestling fans or not. Uh-huh. Are you? No, not, I'm not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry uh, to say. I mean, I, I enjoy watching it, though. <laughs> there's, well, there's a lot of us within both the 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 punk and the metal subsets Mm -hmm. in in huntsville uh we're we're very big wrestling fans and and a lot of 
the old style booking that they used to do for wrestling it actually does apply to music and most people don't realize that. oh yeah so and there's a lot of us that follow you know podcasts and all that kind of stuff mm-hmm. and, and we and we listen and 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 one of the greatest bookers managers whatever had he wore he always was great was paul hammond mm-hmm. you know and and most people who are even lightly familiar with wrestling know that name. Um, he was also the guy that, that founded and, and ran uh, ECW. Oh, okay. Um, well, you know, it's like, I think with wrestling, it's, there's so much, people are like, oh, well, it's just fake or something. But it is it is like an embodiment of a show, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, there's there's definitely grandstanding and and themes and then like uh you know all the all the motions and stuff that the crowd does like there's so much crowd spotlight i feel like in in wrestling yeah and like that's the thing where they're just zooming they're not even paying attention to the wrestlers like for part of it they're just like look at these well it's like him uh paul Heyman, and then there's another promoter who was also talent for a while his name's uh jim Cornette. Mm-hmm. um one of the greatest lines i ever heard out of him and, and something that i follow to this day you know is you know how can i how can i miss you if you never go away yeah and he said that in reference to like booking wrestling talent and stuff like that because they would you know they'd take one guy and they'd push 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 he'd be booked Mm -hmm. every night and then he people get tired of it well no what they would do is is he'd go away for three or four months like oh right right yeah you know and and that was on purpose yeah yeah so that way when he came back he was super strong like his appeal was there, like yeah. and everything. So you know, the biggest thing is, like in in reference to music booking and specifically music booking here is, again, <coughs> excuse me. Again, within Huntsville, we have so much talent. You know, the the band pool is a little shallow right now, but I. I have been seeing that consistently grow. And, you know, I've been telling people for a while that I really do feel that 2017 is definitely going to be a resurgence year as far as the music scene is concerned. But for the most part, as it stands right now, there is the, 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 the pool of bands is, is, is rather Mm -hmm. shallow, you know? So for a while there, there were a lot of, you know, and I won't name anybody, but there, for a while there, there were a lot of bands that were just, they were overexposed. Mm-hmm. You know, and and it's hard, especially if you the band you're in has only been doing it for a while. It's hard to admit that as a band. It's hard to right. admit like, hey, maybe we shouldn't play so often. Right, like, hey, every week. Yeah, or hey, maybe we should not play this place for a while. You yeah, uh huh. Because you're like, as long as people are showing up, you don't care. Uh huh. Like, but that's the thing is is with these show you know all these shows and, and you know we've only i i'm only able to mention a couple tonight but you know i've got several several in the works and what you know again what we're basically trying to phase into is running you know definitely running a big show every single month mm-hmm. out of out of maggie's but if it you know is as long as we can facilitate it, run in two shows a month, but each yeah. show is different from the last. It's not right. like... Right. It doesn't get stale. Yeah, it's not like I'm booking metal band after metal band after metal band. It's like, here's a Psychobilly band. Here's a, 
a guy that was in a punk band and now he's doing acoustic music. Yeah. And here's a Ramon and the Dwarves. Right. You know, it, it, it's while they all are very similar, mm-hmm. it's very different. And it's not, you're not going to go to one show, then go to the other and be like, oh, same old thing. Or it's, uh, it just doesn't feel any, you know, it doesn't feel new. It's like, yeah, there's always something different, you know? Well, yeah, man. Well, thanks for coming and talking to us about it. Like, uh, I, I, I'm so glad you're here too, because you don't often hear of that aspect of the shows. Cause it kind of like is where the rubber meets the road, especially for a lot of people that are touring and stuff like that. There's, there's so much work that goes behind, behind that. And, uh, so much energy that needs to go into a good scene. So, yeah. And it's. You know, I, I take a lot of uh, of pride in what I do, and and the the basic, again, the basic formation of it all just stems around like I eventually came to the conclusion that I was like, as far as entertainment stuff is concerned, I was like, I want to do things that cost money, mm-hmm. and essentially what that means is is I want to, you know, I've always wanted to work high production you know sets and, and and stages and stuff like that because those are the shows that make money right yeah. you know and again at the end of the day it doesn't matter what you're booking or who's playing or whatever we're all in this to make money mm-hmm. you know and anybody you know it, it when you're first starting out yeah you don't make any money and you're doing it because you love it but when the money starts coming in, that makes things a whole lot easier. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just what happens after that determines, mm-hmm. I guess your fate in, in right, right. how you develop as a person. And also what you create, like yeah, how it know, develops. But ultimately, you know, the whole thing just, it's, it's, it's going off that idea of all those people I've listened to for years and, and the way things used to be. It's, been in process but it was basically just finding that evolution of well in the 80s punk bands used to rent vfw halls and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. it's 2017 what are we supposed to be doing yeah what's the next what's the next step kind of thing yeah what is what is that next evolution of platform for huntsville to start being able to project yeah for sure um well, yeah, man. Well, thanks again for talking to us. You got a whole bunch of shows to come up, so let's we got to mention those. Uh, Michael Graves of the Misfits with the Go Go Killers and the Moose, all acoustic, which will be super interesting. Like a you night, said, one time only. Yep, the twenty first. Is that at Maggie Myers or? That's at Maggie Myers. Very um, cool. I think the show starts at eight p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, it provided, you know, no technical errors or stuff. It, it at most should be a 30 minute delay at absolute worst. Um, but you know, the openers, they, they kind of, the thing is, is that they're doing acoustic sets, but they're not, they're also not playing that long. So you do really right. want to make sure that you get there on time. Yeah, for sure. Because you are not going to want to miss any of this because I have, been personally reassured by Alabama Sharp and all the boys in Go Go Killers. While they may be playing acoustic, it is not going to be any less chaotic than it usually is. <laughs> Keep so. the co- chaos, less electricity used. <laughs> oh yeah. And then uh, Richie Ramones and Dwarves uh, coming up June thirtieth, right? Yeah, uh, June thirtieth. Uh, think 
by the time this will go out on air, uh, we will already have pre-sales up. Hopefully by then yeah. we are not sold out. Um, but I, based on the responses I've seen over the internet and in person, I can't really promise that. <laughs> um, hey, it's always good. Then you're then you're set for a show, anyways. Yeah, I mean, more you know, creative freedom, right? Well, you know, it, it's uh, it, it's it's a thing of uh, we don't want we don't like having to turn people away, but at the same time, that's really not the worst problem in the world to have. No, um, not by far. And but what we're what we plan on doing with that is basically, you know, once we sell out, we will make sure everybody knows or that mm-hmm. it, it is in a broad enough public format that you can't not know. Yeah. Um. But what we'll also be doing because the show is four months away, or almost four months away, is you know, in the case of somebody wants a refund because something came up and they can't be there. Well, we'll, we'll, you know, first off, we'll refund the money. Like, we're not, like, you know, all sales are final. Mm-hmm. Because if you can't be there, well, somebody else deserves to be there then. Yeah, so yeah. If, Someone else wants to see it, right? If you can't be there, we'll give you your money back so somebody else can pay us money for them to be there. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, that's cool. And it, it's... It, so far, it's our biggest show scheduled to mm-hmm. date. I think it's probably going to be... It, the biggest, if not one of the biggest shows in Huntsville. Um, you know, for those of you that don't, aren't familiar with any of the acts, the Dwarves uh, were a punk band. They started in the 80s sometime. Um, and they were kind of a, they were kind of uh, similar to Pantera in the way in the 90s for punk, uh, that they were one of the, the few pioneers yeah pushing you know still pushing pushing the edge yeah pushing the gospel through um <laughs> so that you know they have a they have a cult following but it's it's a massive cult following right. so now you throw in richie ramon into that he's he's a fucking ramon you know right what, right what more can you say um and i can i can personally say after having ran sound for his last show he did in huntsville like it is it is something to see and he he does he does a fair number of the old Ramon songs, so it's it's all things people will enjoy to hear. Yeah. Um, and then the queers are coming up too. Yeah. There that should be announced by the time this comes out. So Yeah. Uh we should have that announced ready to go. Uh on I, I don't quite want to give the details of where yeah. that's gonna be and when it's gonna be. Mm-hmm. Um but I can rest. I can guarantee you they will be in Huntsville with within about the same time frame as the rest of these shows. Awesome, awesome. So yeah, busy a busy season coming up, anyways, Certainly. and more to come. Are you planning already for like uh, winter and all that? Or are you mostly stick to summers? Or? Um, well, you know, right now, uh, because like I mentioned earlier, a lot of these booking agents they just don't consider Huntsville a stop. Uh, I'm. I'm basically trying to build our city's credibility by catching yeah. people on tour yeah um and you know basically going hey i noticed that you know you're playing here one day and then here the next and you have like a day or two in between mm-hmm. uh is the band want an off day or would they be willing to do a pickup show you know yeah yeah and you know the thing with with booking especially those kind of acts is you know you can't be afraid to be told no Oh yeah, and and you're only gonna get a yes if you ask too. Yeah, and a lot of it too is is also being persistent enough and not really accepting no as an answer. <laughs> on top of that, right? <laughs> um, I mean, for example, I've, polite harassment. 
Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> but that, you know, that's what the booking agents are hired for is, right, yeah. is for people to hit them up, you know? Like, for example, I've been in contact with, a, a, I don't know if you guys are familiar with them, uh, Sleep, mm -hmm. uh, their booking agent, and like, because I desperately want to get them in Huntsville because they're, they're like one of the biggest stoner metal bands that has ever existed. Uh -huh. And most of their lyrics are about either smoking weed, conspiracy theories, or space travel. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, what perfect place than Rocket City to play? Right. Know? And they've never done it, you know? So hopefully, Very cool. you know, it's wishful thinking, but hopefully that'll be something in the near future. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're on the right track. Well, thanks again for talking to us, man. And uh, you guys, uh, people can find you on your Facebook, right? If they want to get in contact or? Yeah, uh, uh you can contact me directly through my personal Facebook page. I, like I said in the beginning of the interview, I, I pretty much run independently. Um, you know, I, I just, I, I guess if I guess if the money was right, I would go on to a, a production company or something like that or a, a promotions label. But I just don't really see the need for it, and I and yeah, I have yeah. a lot more freedom just running on my own. For sure. Um, or you can contact me through the actual Maggie Myers uh, business page. Okay. Um, actually, if it's specifically for a booking for that, uh, because if I don't see it on there, uh, one of our other people that runs the social media for Maggie Myers will definitely, you know, make sure that I know that somebody's trying to reach mm -hmm. me. Um, but yeah, uh, no Twitter yet. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> Twitter's like my nemesis. I don't I don't I don't understand fully what's going on and I don't think it's worth understanding and I don't want to be involved. I shouldn't say that as like a person who tries to do media, but uh what there's just better ways to talk to humans. <laughs> like, uh, the only reason I even have one anymore is just I I like to read uh Donald Trump's tweets while i'm on the toilet <laughs> right it's like See, i'm just scared to it's like oh man that's how i have to get my news about like the fate of the free world on twitter now okay it's anyways like, <laughs> it's like readers digest but in reality like i think pat oswald what's gonna be today's like upset in know. national politics. <laughs> Pat Oswalt said it best when he's like, Donald Trump's Twitter is like drunk history, but in real time. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> well, thanks again for coming in, man. Uh, yeah. From uh, Spice Radio, Josh and Ruthie, thanks, uh, and have a great night. Goodbye. <laughs>
production of Spice Radio from Huntsville, Alabama. You guys know what you want, and you don't have to do too much to get it. Get with us at spice-radio.com. If you have a podcast, you make music or art, or you have an event that you want to promote in the Tennessee Valley, you can find us at www.facebook.com slash spiceradiohuntsville or on Twitter at spiceradiohsv. And again, our website, spice-radio.com.